0: Hello, this is Richard Moll, Dr. Richard Moll with the Mullet Over podcast, and I am excited today to have Kathy Chamberlain, <laughs> author, activist. Uh, when she hosted me on her show, she was calling me an activist. I was like, wow, it's not a title I've ever like put by my name, but I believe if you're making an impact in this world, then you're active, and, and mm-hmm. we need... Uh, a lot of what you're doing and what others like you are doing. So I am um, looking forward to hearing more of your story. Thank you for hosting me on your podcast. And I was thinking that the, the title of your book, "Rules for Deplorables." Looking forward to hearing more about that. Want to get a copy and and exchange some books here. Um, but uh, I, I I my experience just in the last couple of weeks, I responded to one um. it was an interview that was after the Iowa caucus, and I had uh, posted that and responded to it, and this lady, Joy, was talking about how all of us white Christians view her and the rest of the world, and I was honestly going, I honestly don't know anybody that would hold that opinion, But she's saying we're all a certain way. And then I had people that reacted to that, both positively and negatively. But just yesterday, I posted uh, one of the things that I have done actually all around the world um, in a variety of different subjects and arenas. But I'll stand in the gap. And what I do is, like when I minister to women, I'll stand in the gap and repent for what we have done to hurt them, meaning men. I have been very honorable to women my whole life. Um, and been respectful, but many of them are carrying hurts and wounds that they got from men. So I've done the same thing all over Africa in African-American churches here. I'll stand in the gap for what we have done to them, to tear down the walls, to build bridges. Um, And it became more and more personal to me in that arena specifically when I found out both sides of my family owned slaves and mm. and so it, 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 and i've watched some of the most amazing miracles i'm not making this stuff up in in zambia and south africa everywhere i preached eight different times in eight different cities when i would be preaching a message called healing the land and i'd stand in the gap it would start to pour torrential rains during one of the worst droughts in 30 years i mean mm. it was incredible in other places in Africa, and other uh, nations, we would watch miracles in the land happen when I'm doing that. God wants to see the walls torn down and wants to see mm-hmm. us come together. So I, yet yesterday I had posted a, a TikTok. I'm, I'm a TikToker now, which is interesting, <laughs> uh, and I didn't even know exactly what that was. And so, and and I stood in the gap and I was repenting to African Americans to 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 build some bridges, tear down walls, to bring some healing. And I got somebody on there that posted, I, I I had to delete them. At first I was responding, but they were calling me an Edomite, I'm bound for hell, calling me a warlock, calling me uh, like every name in the book, saying that like my white Jesus was not the true Jesus that there, and I was, and I was like, This is the kind of hatred that they're trying to stir up in the Mm. land, in our nation, in the world right now. When my best friend's a Palestinian, like that's not a very popular uh, group (laughs) of people right now. There are many people are putting them all in one box. He's a Christian sold out on fire believer who loves people of every tribe and tongue. He lives in a Jewish community, highly respected and highly regarded, but now because of his ethnicity is hated. So I'm like, we've been called deplorables and I I just got a heavy dose of that uh, on my TikTok feed in the last 24 hours from one person. So I would imagine your books have garnered you a little bit of reaction (laughs) here and there. So tell us more about yourself and how you got started about your book and uh looking forward for our listeners to get to know you
1: sure thanks for having me on Richard it's great to see you again and um yeah what, one of the things that caught my attention that you said is uh how you know you can get attacked you know by these different uh, uh people and and when they start name calling that is just being taught to them by the people who want to divide us I know you know that yeah. Um, And I always try to keep that in mind. And and also for those who uh, don't see that um, and see it as a division, uh, we just have to wait till they catch up and until God takes the scales off their eyes truthfully. Because I don't know about you, but I woke up, uh, I can remember when I woke up. So everybody just wakes up red-pilled as they say. Um, At a different uh, timing. But how I got started with my book, I was actually a um, a licensed building contractor here in Florida. And uh, in fact, I I started up the nation's first all-female construction company, believe it or not. yeah, complete with the pink pickup trucks and <laughs> and everything. And I had about nineteen girls on payroll. We did fan, fantastic work. And um and then um it, it, I got shut down by a Democrat, believe it or not. That's a whole story that would take a whole show to tell you. But um I was uh, I was basically in line uh, to do a reality show, and uh, the producer. Uh, contacted me. And so, but then I picked the wrong person for that reality, uh, pilot. And it happened to be a woman with a bunch of Obama stickers on the back of her car. And I kept saying, this is not right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so she, uh, she completely, uh, uh, destroyed my company, but, um, but then, so then I went into business, uh, for my, just for myself as a, uh, doing the, uh, uh the handiwork because I can do pretty much everything, Um, But um, I ended up really uh, inspecting roofs uh, for mobile homes. That was what my main money-making machine was. Um, And right at uh, October 26, I think I remember the date exactly, I was inspecting roofs from Hurricane Irma. Uh, if you remember when that hit, 2017 here in Florida. Yeah. And so uh, all of a sudden, and I mean, I, I had done this for years and years, and all of a sudden my my ladder shifted to the left, and I fell backwards on a concrete slab, and uh, I ended up breaking my back in two places, and um, mm-hmm. both my wrists and, uh, and got life-threatening DVTs. Now, we all go through, I mean, very few of us get through life without some sort of life-changing uh, uh, incident. And in that case, that was mine. Uh, and God wanted me going in a different direction because as I was uh, laying around recovering, and it took me about a year and a half, I, um, I kept watching the news and just furious the way Trump was being treated. Now, to give you a little background politically, I was not a Republican all my life. In fact, uh, I was a flaming liberal back in my California days when I was in my 20s and uh, maybe even up to late 30s. Do they put it in the water? I mean, early 30s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know it's, uh, no, they they definitely have their way of indoctrinating you. And when you, if you live in California, I don't know if you ever have, but, or any area like that, that's very, very blue, there's a bubble around you and everybody's family that lives there now. And they're like,
0: it is, it's crazy world. Just the, the level of vehemence over people who dissent have a different view and the celebrations of when stuff that we would go is is so wrong, deplorable is happening, they're in the streets celebrating and it's just like yeah. wow so
1: yeah. yeah well it's definitely a different mindset and, and, and that bubble that's around you, you can't get out of it it's very difficult to break away because Everybody else thinks that way. And so you don't even realize there's another way to think. Uh, or if other people think a different way, you think they're cuckoo. And that's what liberals today think of conservatives. So I, I remained a uh, liberal until I um, I I met uh, Ross Perot, if you remember that, back in 1992 when he ran. And I just thought he was incredible. He really opened my eyes. I mean, that's when I realized there's something seriously wrong with our country and we need to start changing things now. And so I became a, demo, um, a well, I was a Democrat when I was liberal. Then I became an independent, which I remained for 25 years until 2015. I moved here. I've been living in Florida for 25 years now, but, um, <clears throat> and so um, and more and more, my eyes be, became more and more open, and, and I realized we were really headed for disaster, especially when Obama ran. I saw right through that completely uh, from the get-go. And, um, and, of course, when he said uh, fundamentally transforming America, there was no doubt in my mind what he meant, and we're seeing it uh, come true today. And we're perilously close to his dream. But uh, so so I ended up uh, um, uh, turning Republican and changed my party just because here in Florida, it's a closed primary. So unless you're a Democrat or Republican, you can't vote in the primary. And I was determined to get Trump elected simply because of all those 16 people on stage, there was nobody on there. Other than Trump, that I felt had the backbone uh, that would be able to get in office and uh, really drain the swamp, which he did not, um, and I am disappointed in that. <laughs> but I think the second time around, he knows a lot better. But he really, he, I believe, he really wanted to unite Democrats because he grew up with them all his life, and Republicans, and and he thought he he had that power. I don't think he realized how deep the swamp goes but um but at any rate so as I was recovering to get back to that I um I I was very very upset and and it took me back to my California days when I read a book called Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky um and if you if your audience doesn't know I don't that's looking backwards to me but I think they can get the gist so it looks correct to me oh it does good okay So Saul Alinsky um, died in like 1972. He wrote this book uh, and had it published in 1971, uh, but he was an extreme leftist. And um, this book is filled with tactics on how to destroy the Republican Party uh, and, the, and the country more than the Republican Party. I mean, it's just destroying the entire country. Hillary Clinton is a huge student. She wrote her a student of um, Alinsky's. She wrote her thesis on on the man. And so you're trying to sell this book. <laughs> What, his, what, his book?
0: <laughs> well, no, the,
1: I wrote the counter to his book. That's why mine's yes. called Rules for... for uh, deplo- oh, so you're making a joke out of that yes. <laughs> as far as... Yeah. Well, also Obama, he learned everything on community mm. organizing that he knows uh, from this book because uh, Alinsky uh, uh, wrote the, the playbook really for community organizing that the left all follow, and I want to make a distinction here between liberals and leftists because there is a distinction. A lot of people kind of lump them together, but um, liberals are just just bleeding hearts and they really do want to help people. And they think the, the, that the conservatives are, are very, um, very mean people and that they're, uh, they, they're not out for the benefit of the whole. Okay, but the left simply wants to destroy our country. And that's, that's what Saul, Saul was. So he had 13 tactics, um, all designed. Uh, and and when, you, when you know them, and that's the unfortunate thing, the, the American people, the Republicans, especially conservatives, do not know these tactics. So when they're used against Trump or any, anyone in this party, uh, we don't recognize what's being done to us. And we just can't imagine that people can be so conniving and and so evil. And again, this is the left, but the left drives the liberals. And uh, as a matter of fact, back, um, back when uh, Alinsky, probably the late 60s, he was a real Chicago kind of gangster guy. Um, uh, he joined forces with a couple called Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven, uh, shortened to Cloward Piven. And this couple, they were sociology professors at um, uh, Columbia University. And they, they were big, huge leftists, kind of with a weather underground, if you remember them. And you know, all of them worked in tandem uh, to destroy the country. And Cloward Piven wrote a series of strategy papers uh, these were all designed to take our systems that, uh, that work, that, that, that we've built over many, many years uh, to, help the, uh, to help the poor, to help, you know, all of our systems. Uh, they took them and broke them down, including the voting system, and broke them down into categories where they could attack them one by one. And basically implode them by throwing so much garbage at them that they wouldn't make sense anymore, literally. And so the the, the their most famous one was written in uh, 1966, and that was called the Weight of the Poor, and uh, and that was a strategy paper for uh, for for helping the poor. Like who doesn't want to do that? But the way they approached it was that they attacked the welfare system and threw people on the welfare system so that it could no longer be a viable system. It couldn't take care of all the people that were thrown its way. Um, and, and so that was, and, and what they did, they went to the Democrats and they went to the Republicans. This is kind of interesting. And they asked both parties because they knew that if they could get one party on their side then they would be able to really manipulate the systems Um, and so they made a deal they said imagine our surprise when the democrats said okay and the deal was uh that they would take an inner city and uh they would um they would give the democrats all the votes they would make sure by community organizing and all that stuff that they would gather all the votes and get Especially the black vote, um, and uh, in exchange for the Democrats getting bills passed that would help their ultimate goal. For example, one of their strategy papers was uh, the um, was all about elections. I forget the exact title of it, but uh, but what they wanted to do was create so much what they called deadwood on our voter rolls that it would make. Uh, elections, uh, easy to steal, basically. And so they were able to get Bill Clinton in 1992 to pass the voter bill. Uh, In fact, um, um, Francis Fox Piven was there in the White House when he did it, when he signed it. So so that was the deal that they made. And it's been very effective. And all these years later, uh, it's still uh, very effective. But um, but so what I did with my book, um, because I really wanted, I wondered why conservatives didn't see the tactics the way I did. See, for the left, it's almost like um, this book, The Rules for Radicals, is the Bible of the left, literally. And Saul Alinsky uh, uh, basically dedicated it, at least he put it in his acknowledgments, uh, to Lucifer. Wow. Yes, and... Um, so so the book itself with the 13 tactics it, it also has 11 um, 11 um, uh, rules for ethics so it dictates how ethical the left can be uh, the, the, the Democrats can be in order to get what they want and the, the, the higher the level of what they want the more important it is the less ethical they can be to the point of Ethics, be damned! Throw them out the window. Don't even use them. We need to get this done. Um, that's how they think. Well, this is mandatory reading for liberals and for Democrats. Uh, and that's how I read it. And mm-hmm. and so uh, so what I did with my book, I realized that nobody was seeing so, it the way I was. Uh huh. Were you
0: liberal when you read it? Yes. And it was a wake up. Was it a wake up call when you first read it, or was it? Yes, I like this. I'm believing.
1: Uh, no, because it's. Uh, it really wasn't a wake up call because it's. It's really a a difficult book to read uh, because you know how elites write the elitists. You know they try to write so high and mighty to make themselves look really powerful and really smart uh, and all that. So uh, it, it's not written well. And, um, so at the time it really, I didn't, you know, I wasn't a rabid liberal, um, uh, but I can see where it could definitely, uh, open liberals eyes and how they latch onto it. As a matter of fact, when I wrote my book, um, uh, chapter six is called, um, uh, uh stupid is as stupid does. It's all about the NEA, the National Education association. Um, And when I researched that for my book on their website, they had rules for radicals as reading material. So imagine that. So, so, so that your audience understands. So what I did with my book, I took each one of Alinsky's 13 tactics, opening up a chapter with each one, using current events to explain how that tactic that particular tactic is used wow. and my book has over 400 footnotes um, um a year and a half ago it reached number 14 on amazon's top 25 and wow. then i got censored <laughs> so you know there's always there's uh, always I, a go with a bad you got censored
0: on amazon yeah. a lot of people have, oh, have okay. i have been doesn't surprise me but it's one of the platforms I had not heard of censoring
1: before Well, this is the way they do it it's not like they take your book off you can still go there and buy my book but a sign will pop up that says this seller only allows buyers to buy one book Hmm. so my income really dived because you know a lot of people buy two three ten if they have a, a book reading class whatever um, and so that, 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 really, uh, that really hurt well. Uh, but, but most of my income from, comes from, because I go all over the state of Florida speaking, uh, I was slated to go outside the state finally be, when COVID hit, and that kind of killed that buzz. But, um, but so, uh, so, yeah, that's the basic gist. And, and to give your audience an idea, just a sampling of one of the tactics, for, for example, tactic five, which is the most used and the most easy to understand is um, ridicule is man's most potent weapon, okay? So when you hear Democrats calling Trump a xenophobe, a homophobe, a sexist, they don't really believe that. Uh, But if they say it enough times, the audience starts believing it Their followers start believing it. Their sheep believe it. And then they start repeating it, and it becomes a vicious cycle. In fact, uh, somebody in my own family who is a liberal, uh, if you remember, I think it was Charlottesville, was it not, where where Trump went to, and there were a bunch of KKK, um, white supremacist guys there, and it was all about tearing down a monument and, uh, and a, a whole bunch of more people, but there were also white supremacists there. And Trump made that statement that said, hey, there's good people on both sides. Well, if you read the entire statement uh, and don't take it out of context, actually what he was talking about was those people who had an opinion about tearing the monument down versus those who wanted to keep it. But my family member will never believe that. I've tried so hard to get this person to look at the entire, but the hatred for Trump has been so ingrained uh, that they can't even look at him. One of the things that blows me away, because I I,
0: I honestly am, Trump is not my main focus. Uh, You know, I I, I did vote for him, and it's not a, there's other things, but is when I speak something that is just clear statement of fact truth, people go, Oh, you're one of those Trump cronies who doesn't think for himself. And I'm like, I don't even know if Trump's ever talked on this subject. How do you lump everybody with, and and it's not one opinion. It, It would be a variety of things. And I was like, like, in my mind, too, that's the definition of bigotry. When you see everybody through a lens and you don't let them be who they are, that is bigotry. And so there are, when, when I've had that, I'm going, where are you yeah. coming from to lump anybody with this opinion as a narrow-minded person who only does whatever Trump tells you? I was like, like, that type of response I've seen it from Christians Mm -hmm. and non-Christians and I could tell the ones that just watch the mainline media and and accept what they're being fed and it is that's deplorable oh I I agree Um, and
1: and and they've tried to lump us all into a cult and 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 they've given us that name and I'm with you if it wasn't for Trump I'd still be an independent However, it's not Trump the man that I uh, so want in office. It's that he gets it. He understands that we are up against evil and we are ready to lose our country uh, because of the uh, uh, processes that the... That that the that the Democrats are all in with, and you notice how they all stick together. Um, Republicans do not do that, um, and I don't think we should accept to save our country. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, I believe that it is important for the for believers to unite. For that we are fighting. One of the things from our ministry, we deal with people coming out of the satanic occult world. And so the, the things that we learn about, the people that we've ministered to that have been trafficked at yes. the highest level of our government, that is the stuff that is real. It needs to be stamped out. And it is satanic, um, demonic stuff. Almost everybody we minister to that has been trafficked there have been government officials. There have been um, People in the court system judges uh, The the lettered agencies in almost everybody that we have ministered to coming out of human trafficking and 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 so when you walk in that on a day in and day out basis. It's no, like anybody can call me a conspiracy theorist, all they want. No, it is the yes. real deal. I've I've been a f- like front row seat, front and center to the reality of it. It, it It's not stuff that uh, I, you know, it, it, people were also t- just standing on the, uh, what do they call it, fact checkers. And I'm like every, <laughs> it's not hard to find that all the fact checkers were yeah, bought Yeah, exactly. Out. The ones that that actually had some level of reality yeah. behind them, the, the leaders were bought out, sold like out. Snopes and one and then, of the originals. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so they they started okay, but anybody who thinks they do research, and that's their their level of research, I'm going. You're duped. You are. You are counting on the experts within the system to tell you, you know, what's true and what isn't true. No, no, they're all bought, mm-hmm. and yeah, in in our political system, in our legal system, in our media, and
1: it, yeah, yeah, it's really frightening because yeah. um, you know, everywhere you turn, as soon as you get one uh, one little hole in the dam uh, uh, fixed. And then you, you you turn around you you see how widespread it all is. There's no industry yeah. left untouched by this evil. And so you know, with the with the school systems, obviously we all know that. um But that was their. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the Russian leader who said this is. Uh, I think back in World War Two times, but. Um, uh, or or maybe it was the, during the Cold War. And, and he said, give me the American children for one generation and I'll own, we'll own America, you know. And they meant it and they, they've done it. And and now we see the results. Some of the same drugs that were being used in
0: under Hitler in Nazi Germany were brought to the streets mm-hmm. in America. Some of the same, edu- I actually was at a, Bible or at a uh, Christian college, and was studying theology, and I was going. This is bogus. This is hogwash. What I am being taught. It's a mainline denominational school, and I did research on the what was being taught to me, and it was developed um, under Hitler yes. in Nazi Germany to affect all of the religious system of that day. And and so I, I began to stand up in class and refute this. This was 30 plus years ago when yeah, I was so in I college went through the same thing in at college. A, at yep. a denominational school. And I was going, if I accept what they're telling me, there is no reason to give my life for this book and for this message. They were watering down religion mm-hmm. and called it textual criticism, called it many different names. And, but what they were doing was S- systematically destroying faith. It was yeah. bogus. I even asked one of my professors one time. It was either it was either professor of New Testament or professor of, of the Bible, Intro to the Bible, and uh, and I said, "Do you read the Bible?" And he goes, "I am I'm teaching the Bible." And I was like, "Do you read the Bible?" And he goes, I- "I'm teaching Intro to the Bible. I don't understand your question." I was like, "Just get honest with me. Do you actually read your Bible?" And he goes. I don't see the relevance of your question. Why are you asking this? And I was like, let me ask it a different way. Has it been years since you actually opened a Bible and read it for yourself? And again, he goes, I don't see the relevance of your question. No, I have not opened up a Bible and read it. But I don't see why that matters. I'm teaching intro to the Bible. And I was just like, that explains it. You stopped paying attention to this book at some time in the distant past, how you even think you've got credibility to teach the Bible is beyond me. And I have nothing to learn from you because this book changed my life. And, and I believe this book. And, and I, I, I was studying because some of the things they were teaching were systematically questioning mm-hmm. every foundation. Yeah. So I went back to study. I was like, uh, because I want to have an answer for them. I don't want to just roll over and go, no, I just believe in blind faith. No, I want to, my faith grew so much. My, my intelligence, it was in my freshman year of college. I was begging my parents to let me out of there. They think why every kid wants to quit college. I was like, no, I am studying hard. In fact, students around me would go, Richard, what do you say about this class? And I was like, he said he believes in miracles. I was like. Do you want me to tell you what he really said? Am I the only one thinking? Am I the only one listening to their words? And I would literally have a group of students, and I was like, how can they not think? How can they not realize that where this train of thought is taking us? What he taught is he doesn't believe in miracles. He <laughs> redefined them, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it was intelligent. It was gifted how you could do this. But I'm going it is it is very planned, systematic. Attack. A dismantling.
1: Well, they've done the same thing, you know, Richard, with the Constitution. And even, I mean, the lawyers, when they go through law school, what do they learn? Do they really read the Constitution? They interpret it. Um, not yeah. the way the, necessarily the way the founding fathers, they meant it straightforward. This is, this is the Constitution, follow it or not. And we're seeing the repercussions of that with the J6ers. Now, I got really involved with them, but also um, um, in 2020, uh, after the election, immediately after the election, I knew something was way off. I wasn't quite sure yet what it was, uh, but within two months, I had joined a group here, here in Florida called Defend Florida uh, because it was the only one I saw that was thinking like me that, you know, come on, wake up, people. This, th- this is not right. Um, and that is really a staple of our, of our country. I mean, if we lose our elections— you know, you can forget about it. We've lost our country. If we lose our constitution, we've we've lost the ru- r- rule of law. And we are right there with both of them. If we lose the Bible, which is, you know, those three things, I mean, it, it, we have got to get back to those basics if we're going to win this war between good and evil. So with Defend Florida... Uh, We formed uh, groups. I was going around speaking all over uh, Florida, and so I basically uh, uh, spread the idea to different counties. I started one up locally in my county, uh, and then uh, uh, we started growing to 34 counties out of 67 in Florida, and we were very active and very instrumental in uh, getting two of the uh, uh, two of the election bills passed uh, SB90. and uh, I think it was four two three five two four. I think it was five two four but at any rate so um, so that was that was the mission I was on in 2020 2021. And then in 2022, um, I went to DC like so many other people. Uh, oh let's see that was 2021, sorry uh, at the Capitol to the Capitol. In in uh, in January, I was there. I didn't go in, but it, it doesn't matter anymore. They're coming after everybody. Um,
0: I, I know people that were in there. I, I just was in North Carolina. There's a young couple there. They had gone. Their sole purpose for going there was they run their own farm, and they had um, sausage, different types of sausage, and they knew there was going to be a lot of people there. And they went just to sell sausage. And they happened to be in the vicinity, saw people going in, walked in, walked around, walked out, and they're both serving sequential uh. sentences. They they and 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 extended sentences, years of imprisonment and for what? For walking into the White House, the Capitol, actually, but yeah, I know, I know, you know, you meant that. Yeah, Yeah. the Capitol, yeah, yeah, and and just unbelievable. They've got little (sighs) kids. They have a a pretty large farm, chickens, cows, all this stuff. Well, you know, the left doesn't like them farmers. Baby, a newborn. Yeah, It, it was just nothing about. Their sentencing makes any sense. And then we had uh, Jeremy Brown on here, who was didn't even go in, warned people about going in, has a recording of the planning of the event with the FBI, and he has he's in jail. It's like, like how in the world have we come so? Oh, it's horrible. Um,
1: And do you know that I was Jeremy's campaign manager? Yes.
0: No, I didn't know that. I probably okay, have so, heard that. But uh, yeah. When
1: Jeremy was on my podcast um, back in June of 2021, and I was so impressed with him. And just so the audience... I didn't know he was on your show, by the way. He was on your show? Oh, cool.
0: Yeah, he's an uh, Incredible,
1: incredibly brilliant mind. Oh, my God. 20-year Green Beret, four times deployed, two yeah. silver, uh, bronze stars. I mean any other time in history he'd be a a, a true american war hero so yeah. and, and and then e-
0: even the fact that he knew when they came to approach him he goes i'm recording you because that's legal you have to inform them that's right and they didn't tell him to stop he was like what kind of <laughs> yeah. idiots would be doing this they and has it all on tape of that's why they came after him because he can prove that this was a setup planned out well in advance he's
1: yeah, got yeah and the they, proof. they approached him one month and... before January uh January 6 and it's even on their conversation on the tape and if anybody wants to go uh check out some of his stuff it's jeremybrowndefense.com uh but um he even uh, they say something about, you know, maybe you could help us out for what's coming in January. They they uh, and he didn't even catch that until after January, because it was like, well, then he knew, you know, but he he basically wasn't going to do anything even with the tape until um, uh, Christopher Ray came uh, in front of Congress and and said, hey, um, you know, we don't have any infiltrator. He was asked, do you have any infiltrators? You guys had any? And no, nope, we didn't. Nope. Would sure could have used some, though. Uh, that was basically his answer, and that really teed Jeremy off. And so he um, then he went viral with it, and he got on every podcast he could to, to, yeah. to tell the American people. Uh, well, so I remained friends with him, um, and we talk uh, occasionally over the telephone, um, and I was actually at his home the day they arrested him. And only because he was having, he and his girlfriend were having a garage sale. And I thought to myself, hmm, you know, I'd love to spend 50 cents to get a, a, a relic from a real American hero. You know? So I drove over and I, mm-hmm. I, I, I bought a few things uh, from their garage sale. But, but at any rate, so, so he was arrested in sept- September 30th, I believe it was. and um, And by the end of December, nobody was paying attention to him. And that really upset me, uh, because I saw this as the a real defining point in our history. And so I went to visit him at jail and I said, uh, Jeremy, you know, nobody's really paying attention to you. <laughs> I mean, I was I was having rallies. I gathered rallies with like 100 people. We'd get in front of the jail once a month. I'd get these speakers to come and um, and and all my volunteers from my DEFEND Florida uh, uh, efforts because we went canvassing all over the county. That's what we did to to check how dirty the the voter rolls were. That was the whole mission, uh, and we found out here in Florida. Yep, in every single county, we had uh, we had we had groups do canvassers. Um, about twenty percent of the voter rolls were were dirty. I mean, I mean, even we we, we found wow. people who were born in eighteen ninety nine. I mean, you know, vacant lots. I, it's the whole nine yards. We don't have a gold standard here, but but so so I because I knew the elec- the election was was also a defining moment in our country. Um, then then the next thing I moved on to was the January sixth thing when I started seeing how they were starting to arrest these people. So I challenged Jeremy in December of twenty twenty one um, that, uh, to run for office from inside jail. Uh, the, he was in the county jail here where I live. Uh, and I said, yeah. look, if you do that, I will put everything to the side, my books, my speeches, um, my podcasts, my articles, and, um, and be your campaign manager, which I had never done before. <laughs> and so, <laughs> So uh, I never thought he'd take me up on it, but he did. And so we ran in a a House District 62, which was a split district, partially in Pinellas and between two counties, partially in in Hillsborough. That that made it very difficult. So then I took all the volunteers from the the Defend Florida um, and they all joined the Jeremy campaign. So we had, oh my gosh, 40 people. I had, we had 80 in Defend Florida. So it kind of whittled down, but 40 people. And, um, I had, uh, I had everybody wearing as the campaign shirts, orange jailhouse scrubs (laughs) that really got the attention. Um, and so for a full year, we did the canvassing. We did the, now he was in, um, he was in uh, a very, very blue district, very blue. Um, almost Marxist in, in some areas. And so we knew it was going to be a fat chance to win, but we raised, uh, $45,000, which, you know, for a house, Florida house seat was apparently, I didn't know this, but, uh, apparently like really, really good. Um, and, um, and so we ran a pretty good, uh, campaign, but, um, and, and he got, I think overall, he got like 45% of the vote in Hillsborough. (laughs) Yeah. But uh wow. for a guy in jail, wow. But downtown St. Pete, no. that was a different story and I think he ended up with like 20% or or so. But so, you know, I mean, together that was that was that was pretty remarkable really. Um but yeah, and yeah. Uh-huh. So we it's going to yes. take
0: grassroots movement and it takes a level of awareness that Things are not okay. We can't just no. trust the system anymore. The system is yes is out to get us. I, 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 I know that that sounds to a high percentage of people that just have not woken up yet, and we're talking about, but, but a high percentage of people that sounds crazy but I believe that percentage is changing drastically. I believe that it's harder to keep your head in the sand. It's harder to just accept mm-hmm. everything's going to be fine. At the mm-hmm. same time, people that are standing up and fighting for truth, justice, and God's way, the American way, not, those are not synonymous, but I, I put God's way above the American way. But, but the people that are willing to stand up and do that, are taking some huge hits. We were talking about that before we got on the air. Um, the people mm-hmm. that are being deplatformed, yeah. defunded, sued. You mm-hmm. brought up Alex Jones and the level of lawsuits against him, and he's not the only one. They're they're going after the biggest ones one at a time. But I, from what I hear, they actually have a strategy of taking out all the top. And it was Tucker Carlson was one that was talking about it. And and he's got to be pretty high up on the list. But the people that are trying to expose—I I know uh, Glenn Beck, different ones—that uh, are, are you know, yeah, they're coming after people that are standing up,
1: speaking yeah. out. Well, they want to skip. Yeah, they want to. They want to put Brown. the fear of God in everybody else. Mm-hmm. And luckily here in uh, Pinellas because remember the three percenters you know even back then only three percent of people got in the fight Mm -hmm. Um, and that's probably about where we are right now for real activism I mean the the volunteers here that that have been through Defend Florida and Jeremy's uh campaign together with me are I mean just the cream of the crop and um and the friendships that grow out of it, but some of them did not really, were never active in politics until the election. That, that was really a, a big uh, turning point for a lot of people. And then when they started seeing how the J6ers were mistreated, um, that just solidified. They're thinking. In fact, one of the volunteers that we have for a a club that we've we've just started to um, to to fight the establishment, because when you say there's there's so many, I don't think people realize out there that it's not just the Democrats that are doing this to our country. At least half of the Republicans in office are bought and paid for, or have been blackmailed, or what have you. I, it, think it's yeah. a, I think once that's we lose all of them, there's nothing generous. left to yeah. and that's why it's all come down now to really to a local level. One of the reasons why I, I
0: don't put all my eggs in a political or in the voting is I know in the past the evangelicals yes. have been used and duped we have voted for Republicans that were not who they appear to be. They, even Obama getting on, um, uh, yes. Rick Warren, right. You know, church is where he did, you know, all the guy who said GD America. Yes. trying, Trying to use our gullibility and, and stupidity, and I know that that has been, um, like, it, it, historically, we, we've we have gotten behind and believed in political figures who are actually yes. part of drug cartels and et cetera, et cetera, um, human traffickers, and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, my hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and in great awakening and revival. And I believe we need to vote, uh, but I believe we need to pray for our nation. And we need to pray for corruption to be exposed uh, at every level, in every arena. And I, I believe that more of that is happening. And at the same time, I know how protected by the legal system many of the most Mm-hmm. The, the Jeffrey Epstein's of this nation and I just use that as a figure term but the people that are tied up in all of that kind of stuff because of how sy- corrupt our system is many of them are protected and I'm like God it is time for justice to roll down it is time for the darkness to be brought into the light and for transformation we need revival we need awakening We need whistleblowers, we need repentance, um, and protect those who stand up. I I know most of the time, I give a lot of credibility to whistleblowers, because what motive do they have? Most of them are losing their jobs, they're losing their credibility, they're losing all kind of things for standing up and speaking out. That's the kind of courage it's going well, to Well, and we can't be America so naive. I wrote a, an
1: article about two years ago saying not all whistleblowers deserve protection. And if you recall that whistleblower um, that that came out on, um, on, um, on Trump's phone call to Ukraine, to the president of Ukraine, if you remember that. And... Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, no, but I've seen a couple of the, some of the whistleblowers that I've heard about. I'm going Yes. This is a scam. So I I, I would imagine if I didn't yes. hear about this yeah. one, I just you can just tell uh, but, but the left There is a difference. has their back. If they're getting tons mm-hmm. of publicity and press then then it is a scam. It is it is meant to suck people in because the true whistleblowers are usually being dismissed, diminished. But we do need yeah, more. So whenever, I agree whenever, with you whenever, there. Whenever it hits, yeah, yeah, when it hits mainline media, I'm going. Okay, what's the angle here? Mm-hmm. What are they benefiting from?
1: And I'm like, this is bogus. Yeah. It's so like easy the to tell. Uh, the woman when we talked about lawsuits earlier, the woman who sued uh, Trump and got the eighty three million dollars. Oh my god, that makes me sick to my stomach yeah. because yeah. real victims now are. Questioned because of people like her and the guy remember the guy who attacked Kavanaugh I mean come on 30 years ago no. and she can't remember the day that she was raped this woman uh, uh, that just won the I mean and, and then the dress that she bought uh, or that she she was on Vogue magazine did you see that she was wearing a dress and she goes this is the dress that I got raped in Um, and then somebody did their research and found out that, Mm. oh, actually that dress was not made until four years after you were raped. Okay. (laughs) Supposedly. Um, but the truth always comes out. But the unfortunate thing is there's so many people who just do not want to extend the energy to listen to this stuff.
0: It is most of the tactics are unimaginable to me. Very often, whatever they're guilty of, part of their strategy is to accuse someone else of the very things that they are guilty of. No. So it has nothing to do with righteousness. It has nothing to do with with integrity and and, and, and fighting corruption. It is disinformation. It is um, blame shifting. It is like, I, I, I can't fathom that type of behavior and yet we see it so much yeah in well i just talked to um
1: that that same family member i was talking about earlier um um the liberal (laughs) and uh and and i asked a very simple question that most people would have heard about in the news and uh the the answer was i i'm not talking about that stuff anymore i don't want to talk about any of that stuff i i it just makes me what 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 was the word she used uh depressed and i wrote back and i said what makes me depressed is that we're about to lose our country (laughs) um but yeah so more people need to stand up that's for sure um and 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 that's yeah can you give me a rundown of the 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 ethics Or the tactics
0: in, in your in your book, the, yeah, Deplorables. You have right. rules for. Deplorables.
1: There's thirteen rules.
0: How many rules? And here's here's my book, by the way. Thirteen rules for deplorables. See the
1: similarity? Yay. I did that on purpose because I'm hoping one day yeah, yep. this will be side by side, so people have another view. Um, yeah. So the thirteen tactics. Uh-huh. What do you want? What do you want with those? Yeah. Um now I've cooked up a lot of them 13. I do know by heart but
0: <laughs> I have to read my list I just did it the other day on I I have 15 keys for healing In one of my books, and I was like, I don't have those memorized. I actually have more keys than that now, but when I wrote the book, that's how many. Yeah, yeah, it's hard when you're, when when
1: I'm not, when I'm using them in a sentence or describing something, I can, I I remember like number 13, I know very well, 10, I know well, eight, I know well, you know, but to actually read them off, I mean, uh, yeah, I can't do that. So tactic one, this is a good one. Power is not only what you have. But what the enemy thinks you have, so that's the illusion. That's you know, um, and unfortunately, if people out here think they're going to do something really bad to us, uh, it's that's all. That's all it needs is just for them to say they're going to do it. Um, two. Never go outside mm-hmm. the experience of your people. So you don't want to create chaos. They don't want to create confusion. So they keep it very, very elementary. They keep the people very dumbed down on their side, if you've noticed. Tactic three is kind of the exact opposite. Whenever possible, yes. go outside the experience of the enemy. So what they do is they they make something so conspiratorial sounding uh, that the enemy doesn't, or, or so complicated, uh, like the Russia-Russia collusion thing, you know, with the dossier. It was so, it, it's like we can't fathom somebody doing something like that on purpose. You know, I mean, why don't you use your power for good? And that's what we are very naive mm-hmm. Uh, about so 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 when that came out half of the republicans believed it and that's the that's the danger mm-hmm. tactic four make the enemy live up to their own book of rules and i actually write about kavanaugh in that chapter that chapter's uh called white men can't judge and that's that one really making him live up to his rules okay he is it was was uh kind of brought to us as a, a, a man of perfection, did no wrong, um, you know, very uh, religious. And um, and so they kind of shoved his own rules in him. And by making him look like a drunk and that he, you know, drank all this beer and um, uh, practically raped that doctor, whatever her name was, another I mean, th- these are two peas in a pot. You can see the similarities. They even use the same attorneys over and over again for these people that they they use uh, uh, to attack. Tactic Sick. A, a, a good tactic is one your people enjoy, and that's for sure. And you see how uh, their people react to pride parades, um, the uh, the dancers. What do they call drag queen stuff? They. They laugh so hard at that stuff. They really enjoy that stuff. Uh, Seven is a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. And uh, sometimes they do do that to a point where uh, even liberal, like, for example, what they're doing to Trump right now with his lawfare. You know, it's going on so long. Oh, jeez, I'm going to. I can't believe my alarm's going off. I wonder if it's going to stop. Can you hear that? Okay, well, let's let, let it go because it's on the other side of the room. Yeah. Um, unless it's really annoying. So so uh, so that so what they're doing to him right now uh, is actually t- the next tactic, number eight, keep the pressure on. You know, come after him, one, after another, after another. And, and that kind of goes with 10, but that's putting you out of order. I want to hit nine first. The threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself, okay? And that's where they, they threaten with all this mm-hmm. stuff that they're going to do to people, like the January 6th stuff. You know, oh, now we're going after all the people who were it, even it, in the geofencing area, right? So um, so that mm-hmm. is making a lot of people go sit in a corner and they don't even want to want to come out and be associated with others. Yep. Ten is what we're seeing with the lawfare against Trump right now. The the major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure on the opposition. Um, And and that's like flanking from all sides. I, I'm going to have to turn that off. And unfortunately, I'm, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so
0: interesting the strategies that they are written
1: out. Uh, oh my God, that's so much better! I couldn't take to... that uh, more. So eight, I mean yeah. ten is what we're seeing right now. This is awful. It's like, you know, they've they've. It's almost as if they give a signal around the country, and then ev- all the lefts jump in. They know, like sleeper cells. And then they all come after him at once. Um, Eleven is if you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through into its counter side. I really like that one um, for us to use. You know, just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Eventually, it's going to win over. Um, Right. Uh, Number 12 is the price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. Uh, by the way, I get that a lot from my uh from my volunteers because um you know I'm kind of the leader here, <laughs> and so sometimes one of them will come to me and say, "Oh, I don't like it uh, being done that way and um I used to get really frustrated with that now I just go, "Hey, you know what, go find a better way and come back to me." <laughs> And then, so now that's kind of taught them all not to come to me with suggestions unless they have an alternative, right? 13 is my, my, my favorite. It's a biggie. Um, and people will, once they recognize this one, they'll be able to see it happening all over the place. And that is pick a target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. So, to break that down, pick a target. Well, let's pick Trump because, after all, <laughs> right? I mean, you can use this though with the J Sixers. You can use it with um, uh, Giuliani when he was targeted, with General Flynn, with Roger Stone. Um, but so you pick the target, then you freeze it. What does that mean? It means you keep that target in front of the news constantly. Okay? And you personalize it. You personalize it by using tactic five, really ridiculing it. And you make it so that 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 target that you've chosen looks so bad that you keep repeating it. You've frozen it right there in front of. And eventually all the people are going to believe that he's a really bad person and that's what enables you to polarize it. So nobody wants to even say they 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 vote for Trump, or or that they were at uh, the Capitol on January sixth, or they've been to a you know this is so dangerous, um, and and that's really what's happening today. And it just it kind of it kind of infuriates me in a way because I'm out there, I see you are too. In what you're doing, um, and all the activists, all the volunteers um, that have joined the cause that I have going now, which is a, a group we have here in Pinellas called Pinellas Watchdogs, and that's how I was introduced to you through Sharon, uh, who's a part of that group. But um, but you know when people cower and they stay in their corner and they don't. Come out and do something about what they're complaining about, guess who is paying the price for that? Me and Sharon and you, the people who have to work then twice as hard because, uh, the others are lazy or wanting to go out and party or, or because I don't honestly, um, Richard, I do not have a life outside of activism at this point in my life. That's how much I believe we are mm. finished if we don't save it this last time around.
0: Mm. In the Bible, there was King Hezekiah and and the prophet had come to him and warned him that destruction was coming. And he cried out to God and, and the prophet came back and said, because you humbled yourself, because you cried out to God, this will not happen in your lifetime but it will happen in the lifetime of your children. Yeah, right. And Hezekiah was like, oh, I dodged that bullet. Like, wait a second. Are you c- comfortable? Yep. Because it might not affect you, but you don't care enough about your kids that it's going to affect them. I don't believe that what we're dealing with now is just going to impact our children. I believe like it- it's, it's going to hit us. But if it was just for our kids, it is worth waging a good warfare. It is worth selling out. I I don't have all the answers exactly what we're supposed to do. I do put my my, um, trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I believe that it's time for prophets to speak out. I believe it's time for sons and daughters of God to operate in the supernatural presence and power of God, it's time for us to pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for the leaders. Pray for the darkness to be exposed. Our weapons are not carnal; they're mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. And uh, but at the same time, it is like it, it is. It, it took people mm-hmm. like David to draw a sword and to go in and say Mm -hmm. we got to fight the philistines we got to fight the darkness in the land and and it is how we all run together after god's kingdom i don't have all those answers but man it is time to stand up and god's been giving me dreams and different things but one of them was so powerful i saw um and i've shared this on this podcast a number of times but i i I specifically keep seeing it in relation to people that are that are like standing up for the truth in our day and age. So I saw this man being beaten. There were people on either side of him and he was being whipped and he was mostly unclothed and taking the blows and I knew I, I, I don't wasn't sure exactly what specifically, but I knew it was for his ideology. I knew it was for the things that he stood for. It's why he was being beaten, and I knew it was unjust. And the voice of God said, "Richard, I want you to go and cover this man." And him. I <laughs> yes. Like, oh my gosh. Okay, God, and and because I say yes to the Lord, and and I, so I'm like. You know I'm like wow. bracing myself, and this is in a dream. I woke up and my heart was racing, but I walked up and i and I covered this man, knowing that i'm gonna the blows are gonna hit me unless they stop, and I could hear the whips cracking and and i'm and I'm praying i I began praying as I walked up to this man i'm I'm praying in the spirit over him, and I began to sing a song, and i'm and it's weird, I'm like going, I can hear the whips cracking but i'm not feeling it on my body i'm fully my body's tensed up like i'm ready to take the blows but i'm not feeling it and i and this wash came over me of faith like god's either taking those blows an angel is taking those blows my body you know is taking them but i'm not feeling them or or I'm or they're missing i don't know exactly what but i'm gonna I, i'm praying my faith is rising as i'm praying and i start singing about the blood of jesus over this guy and and i glance up because at first Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm thinking it could hit my eye you know i'm like you know protecting my eyes kind of and i glance up and there's a there's a couple with some kids sitting on the hillside and they're watching this whole thing and their face lights up and they begin to sing along like my faith encouraged them and, and, uh, and I'm singing louder. I'm singing. And they're, they're singing along. And the boldness is rising. I'm still like hunched over this guy as I'm singing. And all of a sudden I feel an arm come around my shoulder. And I, and I glance up. And it's one of the men holding a whip. And wow. he's come to put his arm around me. And he starts singing with me. And, and then we stand up together. The guy that I'm covering and this guy. And we begin walking up the hill. The other guy is in the distance i don't see him i never even look at him again i saw him at the beginning you know whipping this guy and we're walking up this hill together and and we're singing together and i knew uh, i knew we were headed somewhere important and i knew that it was significant but the dream ended and i woke up and it was like it was this sense like of yes like victory but I could also tell, like, I had been sweating. My, my body had tensed up preparing to take those blows. And, and the interpretation came to me that it, mm-hmm. it is time for us to arise, to stand together, to, um, to, to cover one another as we for sure. face the persecution that is coming. And that as we do that, that others Will be emboldened. Their faith will rise up. Even our accusers, even those that are doing the abuse, will turn and join us. And it was. It sounds powerful. Um, and I. It was powerful.
1: I um, also was, feel as you do that that's the only thing, our faith in God, that's going to turn this around because. You know where there's darkness, we have to bring light into it. That's that's it. I mean, and to me, this is this is within several years. All this is going to happen. Um, I'm so encouraged by what I, I I see on the border right now with the truckers. Um, that really gives a lot yes. of hope. That. E- mm-hmm.
0: And the governor right. of of. of- Texas. Waiting uh, oh, about, know uh, anything uh, about the the, it's like a convoy
1: that has gone to Eagle Pass. Uh, I think uh, is what they call it. Um, to stop the illegals from coming in, they're going there uh, because I the uh, the Supreme Court just ruled uh, against Abbott, the governor. Uh, he put up all that con- concertina wire, um, to stop and. And then um, yes. the and then the uh, administration uh, sued him, <laughs> and it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court um, said that the government could go in and take it down. Yes, and so once that oh happened.
0: So it looks like now, there's a lot of states that are standing with Texas, but our yes, government sure. is standing against that. Yes, Sadly, exactly, I mean, this right. is part of the strategy is mm-hmm. to divide and conquer, to create chaos. So there's nothing reasonable about the agenda that's coming down. It's sad that our Supreme yes. Court like I, 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 we we thought that there's been some changes there, and 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 that's that's yes. the kind of stuff that I go. Very often, I believe we're being duped. We begin to believe in people, and some of yep. some of our Supreme Court justices have been exposed, and, and then the, but then there's the false exposing. There's the and that's where it takes so much spiritual discernment to You're know right. the truth. Um and, uh, and and to hear God's mm-hmm. voice, we need we need men and women that can really hear God's voice. Yeah. Every and, every
1: every morning uh, when I wake up, I, yeah. I I ask the Lord to move me in the direction that he wants me to be in. Whatever, wherever that takes me, I am his for this fight because I don't have any children. Um yeah. And um, and so, you know, I'm doing it for everybody mm-hmm. else's kids because I can't. I cannot allow myself not to do everything I can to stop this evil from, from being in the next generation. It's not fair. It's not right. And I I just don't like evil. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, and that's why I started the podcast that you came on. Um, and that's called warn 2024. We are real news. And, Uh, It's the only podcast out there that is uh, by an activist, interviewing activists to motivate couch potatoes to get off their butts and get into the fight and become an activist. Um, And that's what it really the intention of it is. And uh, and I, you know, I do see more people waking up Mm -hmm. and I'm very encouraged by that. And now to me, it's a balancing act. I know we're going to win in the end because God tells us we're going to, right? Uh, But it's going to be an awful lot of destruction um, before that happens.
0: Yeah. Well, we need to pray. We need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for the people that are standing up and that are speaking out and— We need to pray for those that are asleep, that, that I, I had written something years ago and, and done a thing called wake up and it was a wake up to the sleeping giant. And I love the idea of people being, I know it's and so, woke it's
1: so opposite. Until that
0: term was even taken. up. am yeah. like, Oh yes. And, and I was like, I was like if the sleeping giant really wakes up, it's not going to be woke. It's going to, it's going to step on the yeah. lies and the kingdom of darkness. So. Hmm. Well, could you go ahead and close this podcast in prayer? Um, and uh, I, I might pray too. I just really feel led to, to close in prayer, but I want to ask you just to lean and I And I'll close after you and um and we need yeah pray for more people to, yes, to join the
1: fight we do need more every type of people so, here on the ground to recognize the evil that is surrounding us and um please take the scales off their eyes um we we protect yes, those God. who are putting targets on their backs literally um protect the j6ers because they're really standing up for our constitutional rights, and we need to hold strong on our Constitution. Mm -hmm. We need to hold strong on our elections, give people courage to get out of their homes and to join those of us who Mm -hmm. are uh, trying to uh, ensure that we do not lose this great country of ours. uh, Amen.
0: Yes, God. Mm -hmm. And, Father, I pray for men and women of God to rise up, to pray and fast like they've never prayed and fasted before. Lord, those that are, they know the truth and they have been silent because they just want to keep the peace. Lord, I pray for for them to have boldness. Doctors that are waking up to the corruption, Lord. Mm-hmm. I pray, God, more doctors. I thank you for the tens of thousands of doctors that are waking up, that are speaking out. I pray for more for the politicians, the the lawyers, the judges, Lord, that are in the mix and they see the corruption, God and and they know that their job could be on the line i pray father god for them to raise rise up and speak out for those in the military that have witnessed the corruption firsthand that have been participants not willingly not knowingly but have found out that the things that they fought for were not godly we're not righteous i pray lord for them to have boldness to speak out to be willing to lose their careers i pray that in every sphere in this nation lord until justice begins to flow i pray for revival awakening for people to realize god it's it is time to to not roll over to not play quiet to not play peacefully even lord it is time To 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 fight to wage a powerful war, not a war of of guns and violence, but a war of love, a war of prayer, a war of fasting, a war of righteousness, a war of truth, a war of boldness. Lord, I pray, Father, that for just against the schemes that 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 have been trained and taught, the tactics of the kingdom of darkness that have been trained, drilled into people in the religious systems, in the political systems, in the legal systems of our land. God, wake us up. Wake them up. Help them to see that those rules of the radicals, God, is, is evil. It is dedicated to the kingdom of darkness. Expose the kingdom of darkness, Lord. And may your light shine bright in this nation, brighter than it's ever shown. Amen.
1: You do that and so Jesus much better than he... me. <laughs> you, 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 you said it all. Uh, yeah. And I, and I well, you got me fired up. All, I. I
0: so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for your book. I would love a copy. We need to get each other's address, and, and I'll I'll send you yeah. some of mine if you like to read. I have an audio, I, I have an audio book as book well. Too. Um, People can go to uh, Amazon Jesus if they'd like, uh, you know, and just
1: just uh, okay. search for "Rules cool. for Deplorables," and they can, they can buy one there. Um, and also, if they if they um, feel like they want to, if they're inspired by this and they want to get involved, if they live here locally in the Tampa Bay area. Um, come to Mugs, like the four, Muggs is at Icot. Most people who, who live here know um, Icot Center, and uh, we meet. Uh, Pinellas Watchdogs meets, and we're we're tackling all these issues. Um, the fourth Tuesday of every month at 6:30, and they can listen to my podcast uh, if they want to hear what other activists go through and how they got involved. Uh, They can uh, look up rumble.com slash C slash warn 2024.
0: I had another guest that's kind of into some of the similar stuff and I can't remember who she was and I said something to her and I want to say it to you and I want to try to remember it because it would be interesting. You guys probably know each other if I could remember she was a guest. But anyways, I I was like, I'd love to at least host, A lunch and learn even if it's just for myself and my staff but I'd love to open it up to other people to hear what it would look for some Christians to have boots on the ground to stand up and make a difference it would be fun to have maybe Jeremy even call in and and talk for a little bit but extended like half a day you know gathering um, to to see what God would want to do in the well, are you familiar
1: with area. FFF? Um, I think it's and, faith, and so, family, um, friends. I I don't I can't remember the, the last F, but um, it's a group of, of pastors uh, and who have uh, coalesced to to. Um, um, it's uh, Daniel, uh, Pastor Daniel Anthony, and um, hmm, Anthony Daniels. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Anthony so that, so they have that, and they're actually oh, yeah, working yeah, yeah. to help oh, okay. candidates. America First candidates. Um, uh, they're, they're they're trying to make. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it is McDaniels. Anthony McDaniel. Um, McDaniel's,
0: I think it is. And right? so I just yep. met with them about yep. a month ago
1: yep. uh, for, for a them. breakfast. Um, uh, because we're 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 all trying to help these candidates um, right now to get the right people into the school boards and and the city commissioners and that sort of thing. But yeah. Oh, oh, and, and then I don't know if you've ever seen the black robed regiment. Cool. Yeah. Have you ever have you, uh, you're familiar with
0: it. You know, it's interesting. Cause, cause mm-hmm. six, eight months ago, I began to see more and more of this kind of thing. And, and I was like, go team, you know, but now it's like, um, I, I'm I, my eyes are more open and I'm I'm giving more value to this kind of stuff. Um, so I have heard of it. I can't tell you where or when, but it's like I'm I'm starting to wake up more and more to the reality. Like as much as I believe prayer and fasting and all that has. Done more to train. Well, this formation. is this is interesting because there's get, a
1: uh, a guy out in yeah, Oklahoma involved. who comes here every once in a while and performs this like one man play on the Black Robed Regiment. His name is Dan Fisher. If you uh, googled him, but it is unbelievable show okay. for you to show people. But the Black Robed Regiment was a was a group of um, pa- pastors in the Revolutionary War. Um, who finally said, are we part of this or not? If we're going to fight this, this is God's war for freedom. And so they shed their robes, their black robes, and picked up a musket and joined the fray. So that, that that's that's a pretty hmm. interesting story there. That's what we need more of.
0: Interesting.
1: I have heard about that.
0: Um, where I don't remember but yeah I've heard a little bit about that yeah let's at least start with um and I'm saying this out loud because I got one of my staff here that helps coordinate that kind of stuff but we need to I'll I'll try to remember invite Anthony McDaniels and you and uh you know invite some friends from this area but go what 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 do we Mm -hmm. need to do how do we get more involved and what's the next step and Maybe hosting something bigger. Me, me too. Believe me. I have a very yeah. busy schedule, and I'm not looking to add anything to my schedule. But I believe mm-hmm. that it's we we have to go. I don't care
1: how busy I am. We have to unite, have you know, and get everybody get on active. the same we page. Have to be involved. Right. Yep. Thank yep. you.
0: You too. So appreciate what you're doing. All right, Richard. Boys, thank blessings. you very much, and I appreciate and, what you're uh, doing we as well. So soon. thank you
1: for having me on. And uh, good luck to you. All right. Mm -hmm. Thank
0: you. Take care.